Welcome to Week Conversations, a new video and podcast series bringing you insights with impact into energy, economics, and a changing world in the COVID-19 era. I'm your host, Dan Jurgen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Week Conversation presented by IHS Market. My name is Vinod Ragatam Rao, and I'm the Director Consulting and Energy Transition and Clean Technology Team at IHS Market. The topic for today's panel discussion is acceleration of digital transformation and impact of the pandemic. I'm pleased to welcome John Marcus, who's a co-founder and CEO at Cognite, and Ed Moore, who's a Senior Technological Strategist at Chevron Technical Center. Welcome, Ed. Welcome, John Marcus, uh, for today's panel discussion. Uh, pleasure to have you both in today's panel. The main topic or the agenda of today's uh, discussion is we would like to uh, understand the current state of the digital transformation in the oil and gas industry, especially uh, post-COVID-19. Also understand where the industry is heading in terms of the digital transformation uh, as things go by and also see what's a way forward for oil and gas companies, both IOCs, NOCs, and what is the impact for the application vendors uh, in terms of digital transformation uh, happening within the oil and gas industries? First, uh, John, I would probably like to start with you. Uh, what do you think has been the progress made by the digital transformation by companies uh, comparing pre-COVID days and the post-COVID days? Where do you see the industry heading in terms of the pace of adoption of digital transformation uh, from your experience? That's a great question. So I think, you know, obviously we were all uh, quite stressed back in the spring, uh, March, April, May to, to, uh, to a certain extent. And we saw a, a very swift uh, focus on, uh, on improving the operations of the existing brownfield assets. So that was, you know, the first immediate, you know, reaction. And, uh, you, know, you know, fortunately for, uh, for us, we are focused on improving uh, you know, deficiency and re removing, you know, costs from operations. So that actually turned out quite well for us. We, we, we solidified the relationships we had with large, uh, you know, our large, you know, EMP clients. Then, uh, you know, after that, I think um, it's, it has really accelerated uh, and increased the investments into the digitalization because I think we all see that we have to uh, invest in a smart way out of this uh, to be stronger as you get post-COVID. So, a lot of the focus is, uh, you know, with our clients has been, um, as I said, around increased efficiency, but also going forward, improving the, the, you know, how they engage with the suppliers and the, you know, supply chain to be more effective and more, uh, you know, you know, more aligned incentives. So that's a key part. So, for example, with one of our clients in the in the Middle East. Uh, we are now uh, very clear, you know, focused, you know, not only on rolling out individual uh, uh, you know, if you will, use cases, but really scaling them across their fields. So up to, you know, 30 fields at a time to really take out uh, value at scale. And that's been uh, accelerated now because they see that uh, it's harder to get people, you know, offshore. Uh, they need to drive down cost. And, and that has really uh, resulted in, in more, uh, you know, in, in focus on taking out scale from digitalization, you know, efforts. Okay. Uh, and, and Ed, what is your take on that from a Chevron perspective and, and also what do you see what other IOCs are doing uh, from your perspective? 
Yeah, so I mean, Chevron's been on a digital journey for many years now, and our recent digital transformation actually started last year before COVID uh, came into effect. Uh, a lot of the technologies we were using, such as things like remote assist to enable our remote field operations to interact with people in the field without having to travel, the benefits there were really cost savings and, and, and faster uh, problem solving. Uh, when COVID came along, those type of technologies actually became now critical because not no longer was it an option to even travel to the field or travel to the site. So this is where we leverage these digital technologies to do things that before we couldn't do without actually being on site. Um, so a simple example there is we would do factory acceptance tests um, in, in, as we're you know, making equipment or we do inspections for our large scale major capital projects. And for those, uh, we would always send inspectors to the field. With COVID hit, that no longer became an option. And we basically started using these technologies and we'd ship the actual equipment to the field and have the operators there, that company put it on and, and kind of allowed us to remotely transport ourselves into these locations. Uh, we've also even used this for financial audits of our inventory in our large uh, refineries and tank terminals. Um, so, so really with COVID hit, it just really accelerated and it also, because we had such a strong foundation already, it allowed us to leverage this technology very quickly. Uh, and working with our partners, uh, we were able to, you know, bring it to our field for, uh, efficiently and, and safely. So it's really about just continuing our digital journey, uh, continuing to improve our safety, lower our costs, um, and just, just make our operations run better. So it was really just an accelerator. Yeah, thank you, Ed. So if I understand, uh, probably pre-COVID, uh, digital transformation more a luxury, but post-COVID, as you rightly say, it's probably become a necessity. And, and Ed, do you think, are there any specific industries having a higher rate of adoption uh, versus upstream uh, in, in particular? I mean, not just with Chevron, even other IOCs. I mean, what's the rate of adoption uh, between different industries uh, embracing the digital transformation? So, so I may mainly speak about the oil and gas industry. So for us, whether it's upstream, downstream, or midstream, uh, we basically had a very similar level of adoption across the board. Uh, for some areas where our offshore facilities, you know, there were larger cost savings there. Um, but, you know, across the board, we had really strong adoption of these different technologies from IoT technologies to, you know, augmented reality technologies. Um, all these things became much more, uh, you know, I guess embraced by our field operations. So it just became something that, you know, it was almost a nice to have and, and there were cost benefits to it to where it was a must have when COVID hit because we simply couldn't continue. We, we would have to have actually stopped operation. Okay. And, and John, what is your perspective being a vendor? Have you seen a faster rate of adoption, uh, particularly in some industries like uh, specialty chemicals, downstream chemicals versus upstream and other industries? Uh, what is your take on this? I think you know many people have said that they believe upstream is behind and maybe a lagger, but uh, that's not our experience. I think actually you know upstream you know you know and ENP is actually leading in many ways, uh, and I think COVID also, uh, you know as Ed said, sort of triggered uh, not just uh, top management. I think to see the need for tra for digital transformation. I think also people in the field. So w what we have seen is almost, I would say, a surprising uptake in also adoption of these tools because, because people see that it actually it helps them execute, be more effective. Uh, and uh, so, so, uh, so I think in that sense, it's really helped uh, you know, to accelerate things. And then another dimension that has come in, maybe not just because of COVID, is the whole area of, of sustainability as well. Of course, it's also really rising uh, as a 
key topic. And I think in many ways we see a lot of the efficiency gains also has a positive sustainability uh, you know, effect. So you get you know, what we like to call profitable sustainability. You can both reduce cost and uh, reduce the environmental uh, footprint. Uh, I think so that's also something that I sort of think added on to this uh, sense of urgency uh, that we are seeing. Okay. Okay. Yes, thank you. And of course, given the low oil price collapse in oil demand and the COVID, so what do you think are the five major transformations from a digital perspective shaping the oil and gas industry going forward? Uh, first, probably John, your take on that. Yeah, I think there are a number of areas. Uh, I think, you know, clearly I, I talked about, uh, you know, uh, sustainability being a key driver and energy efficiency, which uh, you know clearly has both a positive environmental impact and, as I said, a, a positive, you know, you know, financial impact. Uh, then I think uh, there is a lot related to uh, how you scale uh, value capture from digitalization. There's been a lot of, of of trials, if you will, to to take out you know value from one-off uh, applications, one-off solutions. But what we see now is really solutions that can scale across assets, across plants, and be deployed effectively to really capture value at scale. And I think the whole, uh, there's a new set of, of technology coming into, pic, uh, in, into picture how you can, you know, data operations or data ops, how you actually operationalize OT, IT data access so that you can scale the, the uh, deployments. A very exciting area is the whole area of uh, you can say computer vision and robotics. Uh, in many ways, I've thought that to be something that is really 2030, <laughs> far into the future. But now we see, of course, you have drones. You also have, uh, let's say, uh, you know, robots that are walking or rolling. That combined with computer vision and software, you're actually able to do autonomous inspection, for example. In the beginning, relatively basic things, reading meters autonomously. So there's a lot of things going on there that I think in a matter of uh, yeah months, not years, we'll start to actually uh, both improve, improve uh, you know, your safety, uh, but also take away really mundane jobs from that, 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 that we as human beings are not really good at or want to do, and and start to automate them. So that's also something I've, I've seen really uh, accelerate. And we just deployed the first autonomous robot uh, for inspections at uh, an asset in the North Sea actually last week, together with Boston Dynamics and, and AKBP. It's very simple, uh, autonomous uh, uh, re reading of, uh, of, uh, of meters, <laughs> so very basic, but it's a very important step towards uh, you know, doing more autonomous uh, actions, if you will, uh, in offshore or on, on remote plants, which I think is really, really cool. And, and the cost of these technologies as well is dropping like a stone. <laughs> So uh, it, it also becomes quite cost-effective. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Ed, what is what do you think are the five major transformations uh, from your perspective going forward would shape the oil and gas industry? Yeah. So just to continue to build on the, the whole automation aspect, right? Things like robotics, uh, drones. Uh, we've been using those actually for several years, but we've started to accelerate some of the adoption of that. Events like COVID and the pandemic do trigger us to, you know, uh, overcome some challenges sometimes we might have around change management and uh, getting people to adopt new ways to work. You know, basically the pandemic has forced us to adopt new ways to work. Uh, so it has allowed us to push some technologies a little bit faster than we probably would have thought would have been possible. But the whole drones is, is obviously a key area where we will continue to innovate 
it allows us to automate a lot of, uh, uh, of the, the routine duties. But I think another bigger aspect there is really what we consider digital twins. And so it's basically censoring all our facilities. So instead of having to go around and actually take readings at some interval, we can actually take readings in real time on demand uh, and also add a, a periodic thing, but automatically without any type of robot or person uh, going to those locations. So simple things like vibration monitoring to manage uh, and improve overall reliability and maintenance um, of, your, of our facilities. We think the digital devices that our field workers will have will continue to improve. Uh, tremendous amount of advancements there, especially in the augmented reality space, where we see bringing all this digital data that we'll capture through these sensors back to our field workers, allowing them to be able to work safer, more efficiently in the field. Um, and then just collaboration as a whole. You know, today about three quarters of our of our workforce is working efficiently at home. Um, you know, we will go back to our offices, we will go back to our facilities at, large, at some point, but we've found that we can actually operate effectively in these remote environments um, from our, our, basically our home offices at this point. So I would say those are the three big things. Um, and there's obviously a lot of smaller aspects, but again, it's part of Chevron has been really, you know, driving this for at least the last two to three years as we really expand our digital journey. And, you know, the pandemic's just really forced us to accelerate that even faster than we had been going. And, and also, I think uh, you've been involved with augmented reality at Chevron. Probably could you please throw more light on that? And how do you think that's probably helped Chevron uh, in terms of uh, adoption of augmented reality uh, in your uh, business? So what I would consider true augmented reality, which is a technology like the HoloLens, uh, which allows us to basically bring digital data into the field of view of the people and actually put it on equipment uh, that is actually in the field. So now instead of having to have a bunch of, uh, you know, analog gauges around or digital readouts that are you know, having to be maintained and supported. We can do all that through augmented reality, um, but also bringing our field workers um, perspective and viewpoint back to remote locations pretty much anywhere in the world. So we have a saying, you know, any expert anywhere in the world in under a minute is basically kind of this virtual uh, teleportation of our people anywhere around the world to allow them to see what's going on. Because, you know, before it would, might take us, you know, two days to get some of our more remote, remote locations. Uh, now we can be there within a matter of minutes. Um, and so that just allows us to operate more safely and, and more effectively. And, and John, um, you did mention earlier about uh, Middle East companies. Uh, do you see from your perspective, is there a particular set or demographic of companies adopting digital transformation by comparing the IOCs, the NOCs versus the mid-size independence and across specific geographies showing greater interest in adopting digital transformation? Or do you think it's kind of uniform throughout the globe? No, I mean, we work with, uh, across the board, we work, of course, uh, with Aramco, who's the, lo the largest player, and they are quite aggressive, uh, you know, taking out gains both, uh, you know, in financial and sustainability across the board. Of course, there they get to, you get to very large uh, uh, gains up to the hundreds of millions of dollars for individual, you know, use cases that can be, be rolled out across the plans. But I think also, as uh, you know, as Ed said, as some of the the most expensive you know players in the U.S. also you know quite good. Uh, we work with BP and Exxon, for example, but also smaller players or medium-sized players like OMV, for example, out of Austria has a very expansive uh, vision around making all of a you know all data available. Uh, at all times to, uh, to all employees in real time. So, and, and that again re requires this uh, vision around data operations because 
as a human being or as an in, in, as a robot, I need uh, the synthesis, the fusion of data from many different sources, uh, contextualized to make meaning out of it in in, in in that context. And that, as I said, requires also new software architectures and IT architectures to deliver on that because a big EMP player like Chevron, for example, as well, they have so many assets, so many different systems, uh, so many different systems on every asset. So you need a robust architecture that can deal with that um, so that uh, you can really, again, scale application deployment as scale, uh, you know, people adopting digital technologies. And I think that's really the core of, of what we are focusing on. And we have a lot of traction with is really this Data operations make all the data available to both people and machines in any context, so that you can both make better decisions, but also start to optimize uh, and 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 automate. Okay, and uh, Ed, do you think in the next twelve to eighteen months, do you think it could be a, a roller coaster ride for the oil and gas industry as a, just a new normal, or do you think, uh, on the other hand, it could prove to be an opportunity for them to embrace digital transformation? Yeah, so I mean, as I mentioned before, you know, we've been on our digital journey for at least two years. Uh, so really, we don't really react to the market forces in any way in that sense. We try to run our businesses safely and reliable and as cost efficiently as we possibly can. Um, so, you know, we, we understand and have understood the value of digital and we've been innovating, you know, in multiple areas for, for decades. So we'll continue to drive that. I think if anything, the pandemic has shown us that we can accelerate areas of it that we thought might take a little bit longer uh, to get out into the field. Um, but we're, we're bringing in technologies basically as quickly as, as our field workers can, can uh, adapt to it. So I think it, it's really for us, it's, it's more about, you know, how do we fully digitize all of our environments long-term? How do we enable these digital twins to where our employees can work safer and more reliably? Uh, pretty much from anywhere in the world. Yeah. And John, you heard from Ed, uh, do you think the other IOCs, NOCs, you're seeing a similar pattern or trend in embracing digital transformation? Yeah, I, I believe so. I think also, uh, I think, you know, to the extent there is a difference, I think also it's also boils a lot down to the top executive management and their vision and drive. I think so. Yeah, it's, sure. uh, we, see, we, we clearly see the most progressive uh, uh, players are those that have uh, top management and boards that uh, really drive it through. Because, you know, this is a big change and uh, that change will not entirely, uh, you know, happen bottom up. Uh, so I think that, right. I think if, if I were to say a pattern uh, that, uh, and that of course is quite independent of the size of the companies as well. <laughs> but of course also, I think, you know, COVID in many ways, of course, is really, a challenge for us all, but also I think it's uh, in a year's time we'll look back and feel it was a good thing from that it forced us to make the changes quicker, you know, the changes that we should do anyway quicker than we would have done. In that sense, it will make industry and, and oil and gas more effective, more cost effective, um, you know, more energy, you know, energy effective as well, and uh, and and hence also we lower uh, environmental footprint as I talked about. I definitely agree. I think uh, I think all of the companies, or the most of the oil and gas companies, have jumped in the bandwagon of digital transformation. And to your point of, uh, I think the leadership consensus, I, I definitely think um, digital transformation trans with people transformation and organization transformation. Then it probably goes up to the uh, the technological front. I would say getting probably the people and organization on board is probably a key thing for any organization, be it oil and gas company or other sectors, to have a successful digital transformation. 
moving on, uh, uh, John, I would you would say, given probably the deluge of ever-shifting digital technologies, which digital technologies uh, in the post-COVID era do you think can help organization help in getting achieving quick wins? Yeah, of course. I think you know, I you know, talk, I talked about OT, IT, data operations, and and then talked about digital twins uh, and what we could call operational digital twins, which is really. Uh, contextualizing, making available, fusing data from you know the different systems together, so that you have a a, a, a real-time and historical view of your your oil and gas platform, if you will, uh, or or plant. I think that's really key. I think though the term is used in so many different ways, it also confuses people. So, but I think the the way Ed described it is exactly the right, the right way to look at it. So I think that's clearly. You know this. You know this. Uh, this uh, availability of software that makes sure you can understand what's going on in real time and back in time is critical. Let's call it a digital twin. When you have that, though, it also unlocks an entirely new world. A world which is uh, a little bit hyped at the, at the moment called artificial intelligence or AI. Mm -hmm. And we'll yeah. see uh, if if you just deploy AI. Of course, AI without data is uh, theory. <laughs> so it doesn't really work. So of course, with a digital twin or data operations, it can power fuel AI. But then you also come to the interesting thing. In many ways, in industry, there's not enough data necessarily to actually apply AI at scale. So there, you need to combine it with industrial modeling or physics-based modeling, as people call tend to call, you know, physics-based AI or hybrid AI. That's clearly also a trend where you combine the physics-based simulators to create synthetic data to fuel. Uh, you know the modern AI algorithms. So that's that can really drive value. I mentioned, uh, uh, you know, one of our clients in the Middle East, but I can, but I can also mention, you know, OMV. They're seeing very significant, uh, you know, uh, you know, production optimization gains uh, in, in the tens of millions of dollars from applying uh, this hybrid AI, uh, you know, to uh, to optimize production across uh, plants and also efficiency of other other wells. So I think th you know those are the the key, the key trends, and of course, uh, the adoption of cloud in general. Uh, you know, IoT. In, in, you know, in, you know, sensor instrumentation uh, uh, is also, and and probably uh, quite soon also, 5G will make it even more easier to deploy, yeah. especially for remote, and and maybe even low orbit uh, satellites, <laughs> uh, will be there to uh, again help us really scale this uh, cost effectively. Yeah. And, and I, uh, I know you covered most earlier in the earlier questions. Do you have anything further to add to John's uh, comment? Yeah, I mean, AI, I think, is one of the ones that can bring the most value quickly. It does take a little bit of work to get, you know, the specific models that, that would bring specific value to your business. Um, but if you're looking for things that are really quick wins, if you haven't deployed and really embraced the collaboration platforms that are out there, that is a must today. Uh, but really starting to leverage them more than just a, a, a video phone call. The cloud is obviously critical. You know, five years ago, people would, were saying, "We'll not move to the cloud now." It's how fast can we get there, or why aren't we all there now? So, I would say fully embrace those technologies, and then other technologies which are more simple are, you know, just doing uh, enabling some of the the augmented reality technologies that you can basically buy a device, hook it up, and you know, put our put your field workers in the field very quickly um, is something that's actually done uh, without a lot of infrastructure. You know, things like digital twins to, to, to the point made previously is that that does take work and there's a lot of work going on there that, that will, you know, 
enable those to improve. But, you know, all companies have been doing digital twins for, I would say, decades. You know, our physics-based, uh, you know, uh, DMC controllers and things like that have been in the, you know, out there for at least 30 to 40 years. So um, those technologies have been creating these physics-based digital twins, and but that taking it to the next level where they're not just physics-based math models, they're now basically providing, you know, true visualization of what the, the, the environment looks like in the field as well as full control at some point. And Ed, uh, coming back to you again, uh, do you think for Chevron, I mean, given the CapEx uh, cuts announced by a lot of the IOCs across the globe, uh, including Chevron, uh, do you foresee uh, digital transformation uh, pivoting more towards achieving operational excellence as that's been the main driver post-COVID? Uh, what's your uh, take on that? I mean, for us, I mean, we, we obviously were always focused or cost-conscious, right? Um, so, you know, there's really not, I think, a shift at this point. Uh, we're really focusing on what are the technologies that bring the most value to Chevron. However, you know, if they're expensive, but they bring a tremendous amount of value, we will invest in those. Um, and just, you know, we are very completely bought into the digital future. And so, you know, we are spending and focusing on enabling as much as we can uh, for our digital future. So, um, you know, our, our focus is really around driving, the, driving bottom line value and increasing safety for our employees. And, and these technologies do that. And so we'll continue to invest heavily in them. And over to you, John, I mean, what do you think uh, has changed in the company's perspective? Probably uh, pre-COVID, they had like certain technologies uh, to embrace in digital transformation and given the CapEx budget cuts by the IOCs and other organizations, do you think there's been a shift in organization probably picking and choosing particular set of technologies, again, pivoting towards operation excellence and cost reduction. What's your thought on that? Yeah, I think the, the COVID has clearly removed a lot of noise. I think people are much more uh, clear-sighted. Uh, we need to focus on, as Ed said, value capture. Uh, we need to you know, you know, you know, focus on solutions that also can be scaled across the assets. So that's really, uh, uh, I would say, a, a clear change, uh, I think so. In that sense, you know, never waste a crisis. It will help us do the right thing <laughs> again. It's also, um, as I said, the mindset of people in the field and in the offices, I think, are also much, uh, you know, more towards leveraging the, you know, digital technologies. It's accelerating it. Of course, our personal lives are digitalized so many years ago that we don't even talk about it. I think it's now becoming obvious we need to do the same here. And then uh, the last, uh, you know, area as well, uh, we really see the uh, increased uh, uh, understanding that you need data management, industrial OT, IT data management. And we just also announced a large collaboration here with Microsoft uh, a couple of weeks ago related to exactly that topic, how to uh, combine you know, Microsoft Azure with Cognite technologies to create uh, or to deploy uh, large scale OT, IT data management solutions that help uh, you know, you know, asset intensive industry, uh, in particular oil and gas, really is again scale uh, you know digitalizations you know you know solutions and applications and moving on i would say there's been a paradigm shift in the mindset of companies adopting digital transformation and that's probably the oil and gas companies what they're doing is to capture maximum value from digital transformation so what do you think uh, the companies are doing to capture these maximum value from a digital transformation both from an operator perspective from you ed and also from an uh, application and use a perspective from you, John. Ed, you can go first. Yeah, sure. I mean, so again, for us, it's just a focus on, you know, driving 
these technologies where they make sense, uh, but driving them across all our business units. So as John mentioned, you know, these aren't one-off pilots in any sense. We're, we, we, we will do a pilot, but then we go very quickly into a full production and scale that out across the enterprise. So, you know, that, that's really our focus is, is driving the value, finding the technologies and scaling them as quickly as we can uh, to, to basically realize the, the benefits that the digital transformation can provide to Chevron. And your take on this, John? Yeah, I think just to add to that, I think, uh, you know, Ed, it's also that uh, uh, we see a very interesting uh, trend now, and I've, we've been waiting for this for several years, is we also start to see the equipment providers, the OEM providers, the services providers also starting to align. And uh, instead of providing uh, equipment as a fixed CapEx with a 10-year <laughs> maintenance program, I think they're, they're really starting to move now. They understand they need to provide towards the direction of equipment as a service, performance as a service. And we also see we work with a number of, of our, let's say, asset owners, oil and gas companies like AKBP, connecting that uh, uh, together so that for example if i'm alpha laval providing pumps uh, uh, you know seawater you know pumps you know i can start providing that as a service uh, I, we can reduce significantly the the need for maintenance costs for for uh, you know repair i think this is much as 70 percent reduced you know repair because you know when you have to shift the oil filter or the you know the things and and i think that, of course, also, uh, as I said in the very beginning, has also a positive sustainability effect because you need fewer people going offshore. So you get this, again, profitable sustainability where you align the, the, the players in the value chain uh, while you actually uh, reduce costs. You even increase profits, even for the suppliers, and you help save, you know, save the environment. So <laughs> that's what I would call a win-win-win. <laughs> And one last question, John, is uh, how do you think the, the shift to energy transition would again uh, change the way forward for digital transformation? Yeah, that's, of course, is, is very, very interesting. I, I think uh, definitely the oil and gas companies are part of the solution. Many of them, uh, of course, you know, BP has been very vocal with Bernalini, but, you know, many others as well are really also can use the competence from the EMP business to also, uh, you know, you know, move into uh, renewables, if you will, uh, and be part of the solution for that. So they, you know, they both are more important in their core business, while while really help develop, you know, the new energy market as well. And I think that's that's really encouraging. And then we at Cognite are also really focused on that. We are we are working on, uh, you know, a lot now on on offshore wind, for example, with some of our you know, you know, you know, oil and gas uh, uh, partners, um, and also, you know, even going into, in, you know, solar and other types of, of new energies. I think we, again, you know, industry has to transform. The oil and gas industry uh, is is one of the most competent industries, uh, of course, with, with, with lots of resources and is part of the solution for the future. And given the way companies are shifting to energy transition, uh, what is your perspectives on how the digital transformation would affect going forward? Yeah, so Chevron's an energy company. We've been innovating for decades. Uh, we've been around for over 100 years. Um, and obviously, you know, our main focus is on basically uh, increasing our shareholder returns and lowering our carbon footprint. So we'll look at different technologies that will, will help us achieve those goals um, and we'll adopt those technologies at the appropriate times but there's a significant amount of opportunities and innovations 
things that maybe don't seem possible today will just be run of the mill here in the coming years as we, we solve problems and we have a lot of smart engineers that can, can figure these things out. The, the things we do, I think, are actually more complex than putting people in space. So, you know, the, the Chevron engineers will figure this out and, and, and will um, drive toward, towards a lower carbon uh, energy future uh, here in the coming years. Yeah. Uh, to some, I think the rapid spread of digital transformation has been accelerated probably by the pandemic, has led probably to a need for the governments and business to adapt and act. And I think now, especially within the oil and gas industry, I think the pandemic has pushed the oil and gas companies to an inflection point where probably the embracing technology is no longer an option but necessity. And, and I definitely agree with the view and insights uh, brought out by Ed and John. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today at today's panel. Uh, we really appreciate the time taken. It was really a wonderful discussion. And thanks for making it to the panel. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. You know, thank, thank, you, John. thank you, Ed. Thank you, thank you John. Thanks again for tuning in to another Sierra Week conversation presented by IHS Market. For the complete video series and previous episodes, visit us online at sierraweek.com.